Welcome to Hearts and Minds. My name is Catherine McMahon and I'm joined here with Maura Cassidy. Hi. And we're going to be talking today, I believe, about how to be more intentional in your spiritual life. So I suppose what do we mean by that? It's the first thing. Um, and the, the what and the when. Well, I would suggest I find it really helpful to think about nutrition when I think of the spiritual life. Um, you think of your meat, your potato and your veg and your bit of variety. Um, and I think the same in our spiritual life is that we can be tempted to think we can live off a Sunday mass or in the night prayers. And I think um, we need more. So there is an element of how do I how do I do more? How can I be more? And within my own my life, which is busy and hectic enough as it is. And why um, do why do you need to ha- like why do you need to have more if you consider that let's say the mass on Sunday is enough? I mean, it's it's the minimum. Well, it is what is commanded, I suppose, in the Catholic Church and recommended that you do. They don't ask you to do anything else, so they it's perceived that that is enough. I suppose the church is like a good mum or dad in the sense of let's trying to tell us what the basics are, you know. But I think when you're thinking about what we're hoping for at the end of our lives, which is eternity, which is spending eternity with God, which is forever and ever and ever. um, I think getting to know him is a really important part of that. And that's hard to do if it's just once a week. Um, And I'd also say that... um, we tend to unravel during our day, you know, even the whole idea of growing in virtue, becoming the better me, becoming saint to me, you know, there we probably find yourself a lot during the day going, well, I'm a million miles away from that. So there, there is a sense that we need more. Mm-hmm. And I think modern life is, is more complex, maybe in the life of our parents or our grandparents. And I, for one, really believe that we need more. Um, and I think there, I think it's important to realise that it's a combination, you know, um, and I think d- depending where you are in your spiritual journey, whether you're a believer, whether you're a Christian or a Catholic, you need to kind of choose your spiritual palette. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that, I don't mean to undermine any of them, but it needs to, to work for you. Okay. And there are obviously ones that are more important than others. I'd say starting with with prayer um, and prayer is, you know, is, is talking to God. Um, but it's it's much more than mindfulness because it's about talking to a God. It's a relationship. And um, it's not just about me talking about me or listening to me. It's it's me and him. And that's the power of it. Um, and then I guess it's um, it's about sacred scripture. It's the Gospels. You know, the Gospels is the autobiography of God who walked on this earth. It's a historical fact. And we have four wonderful accounts of that. So it's a great source of inspiration. It's a reminder to us of Christ, what his friendships were like, his struggles, his frustrations, is being God, what that looked like. Um, I'm, I'm sort of fascinated to think at the moment during lockdown, so many of us are watching, you know, I know a couple of friends of mine are watching the Michael Jordan Netflix series. Mm. And, you know, you're always kind of curious, you know, how, do, how did he, you know, an elite athlete make it? And, and yet we have Jesus Christ as God. And sometimes we reduce the Gospels to just a children's book that we open to, bless, 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 and there's nothing more in it. And I, and I think it's full of challenges, the Gospel. It's full of... Comforting moments, consoling moments, the tenderness of God, etc. But it's 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 rich, it's it's gritty, and it's challenging. And I think we don't give it enough, maybe give it the power that it has in our spiritual life. So making time for reading the gospel is, I think, critically important. 
Um, can I ask, like, I mean, certainly during lockdown, I think all of us have experienced, and I'm, I'm saying this for maybe people who are practicing Catholics, that the reality of not having the sacraments um, available to you during lockdown has, I think, influenced people greatly. Like it's it's not, I think sometimes you can take, uh, you can take for granted going to mass and going to confession and you can kind of think, okay, this is just something I do and everything like that. But when you don't have it, I think prayer life can become much harder and much more uphill. And in a sense, like if I, I mean, not to be devil's advocate, but in the sense, if I was to think of a spiritual plan, I would put the sacraments first. Like I would, because at the end of the day, that's where you get the grace to actually be able to pray. I mean, granted, everybody can pray, do you know, that kind of way. But I do think the sacramental grace really gives you the boost that you need in order to, yeah, connect with our Lord much more. No, I think you're, I think you're dead right. I think the sacraments is, it's God, it's touching God and the mass is the centre of our spiritual life as Catholics because it's, it's our identity. We know through the Mass of our love, it's a reenaction of Calvary. It's, you might say, the Catholic D-Day in the sense that God took it all on and he suffered it. And because of that, we can get to heaven mm-hmm. and we receive God as our food. But I think it's important also that, first of all, you need to identify where you are in your spiritual journey. And if you don't know what, if the Mass doesn't have yet that significance for you, you need to be able to talk to God as a father. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to read do spiritual reading, read the Gospels, read those passages about the Mass. And that will inform your understanding, your participation, your sense of the power of God. Um, And I would agree with you, actually, about the power of the sacraments. It is like the staples of your protein protein in your diet. You know, you don't notice it until it's not there. Unfortunately, Mm. for places like Ireland, where you can go to Mass with relative ease, Mm. you're not going to be persecuted for going into a church. You can get a mass within a five ten k radius of wherever you are still. So I think that thing that's I think that's absolutely true. And do you think there's other like, especially if you're starting off in your spiritual life, the gospels can be a little bit uphill. I mean, you know, I mean, there there can be quite a little bit of meat to digest in the gospels, whereas some books really help to kind of. Un- unravel that or kind of like a slow incline it's a bit like you could compare it to I suppose the typical thing of sports you know what I mean you're not going to run out the door now and start running 5k if you've never done it before um, and I think sometimes the gospels can feel like uh, a person who's well oiled in the running in the running of their spiritual life and some books like Jacques Philippe books are uh, other books like Henri Nguyen, which I can never pronounce, um, those kind of books that are quite soft, n- not soft like watering down soft, but but introduce you to the spiritual life in a much more inviting and doable way. Is it is it a good route to take when you're thinking of starting your if you're to start a spiritual life or a spiritual plan in some shape or form? No, I think it's wonderful to like have the spiritual masters or the spiritual unpackers, you know, people who have done it and can explain it and can teach it well, absolutely. I think sometimes the only danger with that is sometimes we lose sight of the importance of the gospel itself. Mm-hmm. And while there are you know, certain, certainly sections of the gospel that are more challenging than others, there are sections of it like where our Lord speaks to the apostles, even just in the last couple of weeks, 
you know, sections where our Lord knows they're questioning something. So he steps in or where he goes to meet Peter where he's at, you know, do you love me? Or St. Thomas, you know. So I suppose the point is, is that there is a humanity of Christ that each of us has to encounter in the Gospels for ourselves. But of course, I think there are many people or many companions of the Gospel or books that take unpack the gospel for us that are really really worthwhile companions to have in doing that and would you start with kind of saying okay i'm going to read the gospels according to the day of of mass rather than going luke chapter one and run through it i I do think it helps to kind of look at the gospel of the day in the sense because well i think it's great because it's 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 short it's usually the church has picked it as a cycle as you know of three years so the truth is you it's it's picked with that sense of the pedagogy and the value and the communication and the message. So yeah, absolutely. I think that's a fantastic mm. place to start. I also think it's very nice to read, like St. Mark's Gospel is the shortest gospel. And I think it's great to, you know, to, to go from beginning to end. So you get a sense of tra- trajectory and what exactly the timing of things in our Lord's life. Mm-hmm. Like he had very challenging conversations with the Sanhedrin at the same time as doing the cures, at the same time as getting no sleep is at the same time. So his life was, wasn't kind of like plain sailing. It was very, very tense in the sense of the timing and the movement mm-hmm. in his public life. Mm-hmm. But I think that what's really important in all of this, you know, as I said, the idea of looking at what are those practices of pieties, because what is our plan of life? It's really essentially those moments of connection, those moments where we spiritually, you might say, stop and face God, face ourselves, face our lives, and and that's the critical thing is that we do the moments of connection are there, whatever they are. And in the hierarchy we've talked about, I think it's important, but also is that they work for you and it can mm-hmm. be start small and build them up. And the regularity is critical. The consistency is critical in the same way as, you know, our own sort of nutritional diet. You know, we don't eat once a week. Mm-hmm. We don't eat once a month. We feed ourselves regularly. Otherwise we suffer physically. So we need spiritual food. And I think, because our souls don't seem to cry out for it, because the world maybe we're living in or whatever, we don't tend to address that. I think that's really, mm. really important. And I we think, don't know that it's the, the source of our unrest is that lack of spiritual input. Oh, I, like absolutely. When, you know, and I think even when you think about like the why of, why would I be intentional about my spiritual life? Like it makes, it makes you happier. Mm. You know, many people who tell me, you know, about they've started praying and making time for prayer every day. I say, why didn't I do this years ago? Or it makes you a better mom, it makes you a better spouse. If you're a spouse, it makes you a better friend, sister, work colleague. And it's not just self-improvement. Mm. It's, it's, it's If you want to start with self-improvement, certainly, but it's like, I don't want to sound kind of what a cringe, but it's like God, having God as your coach or the Holy Spirit. And then it's like having grace, which is not just a vitamin pill. It's God's presence in you. Mm-hmm. And that's the miracle of it, mm. of, of a spiritual life. It is an art form. So there is skill about it. There is a sense that um, it's like a hobby in some ways. I know that sounds like a strange way of putting it, but you, it takes a while. There's different logic to it. Like mm-hmm. St. Rosemary used to compare the spiritual life to a tapestry. And I don't know about you, but the only thing I can remember a tapestry is primary school doing embroidery and making <laughs> an absolute mess of it. But the front of the embroidery is nice and pretty and the back's full of knots and all sorts of overlapping and it's not the prettiest thing to look at. It looks chaotic. Well, he, St. Rosemary used to say that our spiritual life often looks like chaos. Mm-hmm. We can't see the improvements or, or the steps that are taking place there in love, whereas the, the front of it is what God sees and the front is also what we see at the end of our life. So we can't, you might say, it's a different logic to everything else we have in our life. 
Um, we and we have to be happy to fall, to get up, to try it again, to rework mm. it, to make it work for me. Mm. Because it's not just a one size fits all. It's very different, you know, for a busy mom with three little, you know, three little children to a mom of teenagers to somebody who's not married to somebody who's retired. It's hugely different mm. depending on your life situation. If you were to know, like somebody's listening to this podcast and kind of thinking, okay, I've finished the podcast. Where do I start? Where do I begin with this? Where do you begin? Um, I think is to think, well, how can I build it into my day? Mm-hmm. What are the small adjustments or the building blocks that I need in my day for me? Um, and to have the conviction that power, that, that small changes make a powerful impact. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to reinvent yourself. You just need to find ways to slip things in um, and do things that are doable and that are attractive. Like, for example, prayer. When do I do prayer? I'd say tie it on to a cup of coffee in the morning, you know, because you're that's a moment, a cue in your day. It's something you do. It's a habit. It's enjoyable. It starts you off in your day. Do your prayer at that time. Don't negotiate it. Make it doable again, you know, non-negotiable, like a typical thing. Mom of small children, you just done the drop off with the kids. Well, not yet, not these days during lockdown. Yeah. But there are moments when you'll do a drop off. Please God with your future to grannies or to social distancing camp or whatever. Go to mass straight after. Don't negotiate. Um, and then I think accountability, you know, and that's a horrible word. We all hate mm. it. But we do need to see that what we're planning to do makes a difference. Otherwise, goals don't work. It's seeing how do I make that goal work for me? So examination of conscience is how we do it in the Catholic or the Christian setting. And what is that? It's calling the Holy Spirit to say, look, how did my day go? Looking at your day, identifying the pros, the things where you were accountable and that virtue or whatever. And then it's seeing well, what resolution you can make with the strength of God's love. And that's it. Um, and you do, that, you do that at the end of the day? Like. Do that at the end of the day. Do that at the end of the day. Um, and I think as well, you know, I was just thinking the other day is that not to be sort of naive about the spiritual life is that all of the things that we think are so unspiritual and so far from God are opportunities that God gives us every day to actually grow in something, to grow closer to him. And even something like, and that's why I think that the pauses, the connections that we make in, in our plan of life give us the moment to actually zoom out from our life and go, where's God there? What are the opportunities? Like a typical mm-hmm. thing like patience. Mm-hmm. You think, oh my God, I wish God would make me patient, make me patient, make me patient. But the truth is, God is not going to make you patient. He's going to give you opportunities to be patient. Precisely when mm-hmm. the kids are, you know, letting off steam or your husband's late from work or you're delayed at work because of something or whatever it is. And I think being giving ourselves the permission to take the foot off the pedal and go, this is important. If I'm not intentional about this, my life will sort of pass away and all those opportunities become saying to me or oh, the best version of myself will be lost. Yeah. So it's like having that moment of reflection. Absolutely. One of the things I do find helpful, actually, when you're when you're looking at those little stages that you have throughout your life, throughout your day, you know, you have your prayer with with coffee or whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to have it with and the possibility of going to mass and then examination of conscience at the end of the day. Um, I do think kind of different ways of helping that is introducing tangibles in there, like um, like have a, a really nice notebook that you have Absolutely. so that you can journal, you know, because I think for people, and I say that for myself as well, sometimes when you're praying, your 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 brain is so scattered and you're so busy with other things that it's hard to ground yourself. So sometimes it's 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 good to kind of just have a journal, have a a notebook that you can write out your ideas and you can 
you can put them in order a little bit and not kind of like taking away God from it, you know, as if you're kind of like doing some kind of artistic display on your notebook. But that kind of sense of just putting down words, what's actually happening in your head and meeting God there as well. Um, And then also, I think that helps when, you know, as day to day goes by, you're not thinking when 10 days in you're doing prayer, you're kind of thinking, where is this all going? Like, I have no notion what's this prayer thing is actually actually working. But then when you look back in your journal, you realize the things that you've actually seen and that actually have influenced your life. It's kind of proof of your relationship with God. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think as well, you mentioned the importance earlier on of having sort of companions to read the gospel. I think companions for prayer are very important as well Mm. in the sense of, you know, and there are many of them out there. Some people find podcasts or 10 Minutes with Jesus or whatever very helpful. Or Mm. it could be, as you mentioned, Jacques Philippe, or it could be whoever. Or I pray with the gospel pray with is the a gospel. good one. As well. Yeah, it's yeah. another very good one. Um, I think also I know this again, the, tapping into this idea of make it easier, make it attractive, um, is the idea of that if our plan of life is associated with the break in our day, you know, even mm-hmm. the thing I know somebody, she just goes out and she says her rosary and she associates her rosary with a walk every evening. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important that our plan of life, our intentionality in our spiritual life can't be associated with yet another Everest I have to climb during mm, my day. Like a to-do that's hovering over you exactly. and you have to do it. And, yeah. and it's too small but regular and working at it so that it's it's it becomes real for you, I think is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as well there are a couple of other things that I find, I suppose, being intentional about your spiritual life have helped me humanly with. And others, I think, would agree. Like There are things we can only see when we slow down and we pray. Mm. And that's just the nature of it. And a plan of life, a plan for my prayer life makes that possible because we're in God's company then. And you do need to experience it to really believe it. You know, personally, I, I've seen this saying people I, I know who pray. It's almost like as if the things that upset me don't seem to upset them. And I know it's all temperamental as well. And you yeah. can't compare. But there's, there's a something about them that I go, I love that, whatever it is. Mm. Or there's things that, you know, we'd like to maybe change about ourselves. And we just don't. You know, I was thinking, typical thing, you know, you might say, say what you mean. You know, a typical thing that can happen, you think, oh, that relationship, I should, I need to say something or I need to address yeah, this. Face it, yeah. And the thing is, we, you know, for all the best reasons in the world, the time's not right or I'm frustrated or I'll say the wrong thing, we just don't do it. Whereas again, not whether we're bad people, but a plan of life is about that positive change. Those moments of pause have given me the opportunity to decide the how and the when of that conversation. It's a bit like a trampoline effect. Mm. You know, once you're on it, everything bounces and um, it can only do good. Yeah. And then the la- I think another thing also, you know, to change our lives is always hard. None of us like change. I think that's pretty obvious. It doesn't feel right. Um, and personal growth involves change. And there's a lovely quote I always remember from St. John Henry Newman, where he said, um, to live is to change and to be perfect is to change always. And I think getting comfortable with change, choosing it and owning it is something that we need to learn in the spiritual life. And I think being intentional about a plan for our spiritual life helps us to do that yeah. because we see opportunities, as I mentioned earlier, for change and we tend to own it. You know, again, I think as St. Jose Maria Escriva said once, he said, to be happy, you don't need an easy life. You need love. So it gives us that sort of permission to, zo- to zoom out a bit and to, mm-hmm. to, to live it that way. I have to say, when I was thinking of this podcast, one of the things I was thinking of was, how to stay clear of that idea that everything is a goal. Do you know that kind of way? Because yes. I think 
our life is like sometimes you see those YouTubers, you know, those motivational YouTubers and they're like, they're so pepped up. Like, it's kind of like, my God, uh, what are they taking? You know, um, and I think if our life is all about a plan, it loses it loses the the why of it. You know, like it's like I, I have to be fit and I, ha- I have to have these relationship goals and I have to be professional goals and the KPIs. And now my spiritual life has to have a goal. Like I have to have a plan or whatever. But I think if if we can remove almost that sense of the, these are kind of goals or these are, you know, stoppage points that I have to do in order to get to X, but rather this idea of enjoying the journey, not the end, like not the destination. And also seeing the journey as this is a relationship with God, like with our Lord. Everything else, it, it's not about how am I going to be like in 10 days time? What am I going to, you know, because I think we do have a tendency of being very outcome focused, depending on our personalities. And we can take away the beauty of it, you know, Absolutely. the kind of like, and it loses, it loses its vim after a while and you drop it because you kind of think on top of it, I have this. You know, when, when I'm stressed to the, and especially now, I think in the lockdown, you know, I think it is a very good time to introduce if, if you want, you know, a, sp- a plan of life, a spiritual plan, because it's maybe for some, I think, less stressful. You know, there's less commutes, there's less those kind of things. So you do have that opportunity. And and then it's more natural than when life gets busier and busier to have it more organically in your life but not to see it as that kind of element of I'm going to remove that once stress happens. Absolutely. And I think it's so important not to see it as a to-do list. Mm. But the truth is it needs to register somewhere in our day. Otherwise it's a pipe dream or it's Mm. a kind of a nightmare or something never quite happened. Mm. I think, I I think you're right. I think the way I would describe a plan of life, even the plan gives me sort of rush. Yeah. (laughs) It it sounds a little bit controlling is to see it more in terms of connection. It gives me permission to take the foot off the pedal. It's a Mm. pause. The pauses in my day where I get an opportunity to humanize myself, Mm. (laughs) but also connect with God and go, what am I doing? Or, Let's, let's let's just talk about how things are going. Mm. Um, and and I think I didn't mention the rosary and I, I meant to, but the rosary is a lovely prayer that way because the rosary, you know, we forget how powerful it is, but it's like a prayer where we just say lots of little childish things to our lady, like I love you, I love you, I love you. And then we load it on with loads of petitions, you know, for granny, for the Pope, for this, for that, for the other. And I think it's a prayer that just reminds us that we're children. And I think the spiritual life is really about that. It's just mm-hmm. letting God accompany us. Mm-hmm. And, and, I and I also that's... read this article about the rosary. Well, it's not kind of like, okay, the rosary is for our lady, most definitely. But I remember reading this article and, and they did this study of people who do yoga and people who pray the rosary. And actually, you know, it has the same benefits, you know, with regards to the calmness. So that kind of helped me to think when I was saying the rosary, when I was in a rush, you know, and I'm kind of going, I have to get the rosary done. Um, to actually say, no, this is actually a moment where I can, when I can chill, sorry now, but it, there is that element of downtime, you know, kind of like, okay, pace yourself here, you know, and it only takes exactly 16 minutes if you do it the Irish way, <laughs> as opposed to the American way, which takes about, no, I, I don't mean kind of like American, there's a different ways, but some people are very slow uh, in saying uh, the rosary. Well, you're you're, you're just, the idea, the recommended idea is that you say at the pace at which you talk and because the Irish like we're like, you know, we do, we talk. Rather yeah, we talk rather quickly. So the rosary is a short prayer. So I think that's basically it. We're going to wrap up. We don't want to go on too long. So thank you very much for listening to us. And we hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed sharing it. In fact, it was great. Thank, thank you. Thank you.